Hi, can you slate your name, please? Hi, yes, I'm Anna Camp, and I am 5'6", and I am based out of Los Angeles and Palm Springs. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Slate Your Name, the show where an actor, that's me, talks to other actors about the highs and lows of working in Hollywood. I'm your host, Michael McMillan, and with me this week is one of my favorite, I say this often, I mean, a lot of the people that I have on the show are favorite actors of mine and favorite co-stars, but this one is certainly a cut above the rest. Uh, I'm doubling down on True Blood guests this month, and I'm sitting down with Anna Camp, who played Sarah Newlin to my Steve Newlin on True Blood. Anna is, uh, I would say, number one favorite co-star of mine of all time. There was just something really special working that happened when we uh, worked together on that show. And we'll talk a little bit about that, um, and we'll talk about some of her other roles. I mean... Anna is killing it. She's been in a million things. She was in Pitch Perfect Trilogy. She was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She was on the Amazon series Good Girls Revolt. She was on The Good Wife. Um, I could go on and on. The Mindy Project. I mean, she is just been in a ton of stuff, and she has two movies coming out this summer. Uh, one is out already, Jerry and Marge Go Large, and one is coming out very soon, Murder at Yellowstone City. So check those projects out before we sit down with anna camp let's have a quick company meeting please write into me it's let your name pod at gmail.com with any questions or quandaries some burning hollywood cues if you would follow us at slate your name pod on instagram i think it's slate your name podcast i always get that one mixed up guys Slate your name was taken i couldn't do anything about it um big announcement this will be, this episode will be the season one finale of Slate Your Name. We're going to go on a hiatus for a couple months, and then we'll be back in the fall. Uh, the Patreon will be put on pause during the time that we're away, but if you want to check out our bonus shows, The Green Room, over at patreon.com slash slateyourname, you can still uh, sign up for the rest of June and check those out. Um, just taking a quick hiatus, a brief break and then we will be back with more slate your name later this year so i appreciate everybody who's been joining me over at the patreon who's been listening and joining the show this is just the end of season one and season two it's going to be bigger and better than ever before do people say badder anymore i don't think so what is this 1992 all right everybody company meeting is adjourned uh let's sit down and talk to anna camp i love this conversation anna is going through a bit of a uh transformational period in her career um and uh this conversation was like a lot more i mean i always have a blast with anna but like it got it got a little deeper and more insightful than i expected it to all while still being very hilarious so here's that conversation with anna camp and then i'll see you back here uh to wrap it up And, uh, <laughs> my dear friend, yeah, 
My former television wife, Anna Camp, how are you? What's going on? She's shaking her head no. What a I mean, you have a real you have a real timely business, a very timely Hollywood story happening to you right now. I do. How am I? That is a very loaded question. First of all, I just want to say, Michael McMillan, you are just the best. And if I could work oh. with you every day for the rest of my life, I oh. would. Because I love working with you more than anything in the I, whole world. I love working with you, and it's been too damn long is yes. all I have to say about that. Yes. Um, so you're currently, we're talking, you are in North Carolina, and you are in quarantine because you're filming a movie, but you tested positive <laughs> for COVID, and you're going out of your mind. Yeah, I'm losing my mind, basically. I, um, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm on day five of quarantine i shot two days on this really lovely movie and i woke up monday morning and i I had a a tiny tickle you know i didn't think really anything of it really because i've had a tickle we used to we used to get a little tiny tickle and we were like oh this is nothing and now we're like are we gonna die yeah yeah i go downstairs i like see other actors i'm like uh, like we're all masked but i'm like good morning top of the morning to you everything is fine (laughs) And they, I take my little test upstairs in my room, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the two lines started happening, and I am getting hot. And I run back downstairs, and I, I go to the COVID compliance guy who was leaving. It was like straight out of a movie. I grab his arm, and I'm like, Ariel! That's his name. He's a guy. But I go, Ariel! And he goes, yeah. And I go, and I go, come here, take a walk with me. <laughs> I like, get really quiet. <laughs> I get really quiet. And I go outside and I go, does this, mean I, does this mean I have COVID? Does this mean that I have COVID? And he goes, oh my God, yeah, that's what that means. You have COVID. You have COVID here. Take another test right now. Ugh. Take another test. Take another test. Says same thing, positive. And then, then my life ended <laughs> now. Two, two lines two. equals... <laughs> COVID. COVID. So, yeah, now I'm yeah. sitting here in North Carolina um, counting my eyelashes. <laughs> you sound like someone who isn't. Now, look, no one would want to be in your position, obviously. It must suck to be stuck in a hotel room. So there's there's that. Sure. But... And as someone who recently got over COVID as well, it's it sucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got lucky. It wasn't too bad. But are you somebody who, like, you're not good with sitting with yourself for a long period of time? Um, you know, uh, I wouldn't classify myself as good <laughs> at that. You know, I I can do it for about two days. I can, like, watch the movies, be alone, and be like, this is peaceful. Like, I'm meditating. Like, well, how quiet is this? Like, and I'm self-caring. And then the third day, I wake up, and I'm going to rip my my arms off of my body and run and scream um so it's been it's been really 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 hard and there's been like some ups and downs like i've been crying in my car (laughs) (laughs) crying in my car you know at least you're in a confined space yeah then people like walk by and see me and they're like what is this girl doing but you know, whatever. It's fine. I'm, 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 it could be worse because I could be really sick. And thank goodness I'm not really, really sick. 
So. I'm sorry. I really don't mean to laugh. It's just we've been friends for a long time, and I'm not laughing at your misfortune. I'm laughing at the description of your madness. That's all. Like you people know, will be, you're, people will you're be, still entertaining. Thank you. People, people will be driving, and like I'll be like kind of like accidentally like turn in front of them, or like someone will like lay the horn or something, and I'll be like, "Stop! I have COVID!" Like I'll just like scream. I'll Why don't you stay in your hotel room? I can't. I can't. I did that for. I did it for three and a half days where I did not leave. I had Postmates coming. I like, and then like, I don't feel sick, right? So I'm, I'm running to my car. I'm not taking the elevator. I'm going, I'm going for a hike around this lake that like, at like the weirdest hours. So I don't like run into human beings. You're the first person that I've actually had a conversation with like face to face. And like that, sadly, and it's over Zoom. So Mm -hmm. I like that you refer to the computer as face-to-face now. That's how long it's been. I have a teddy bear in the room that I talk to. Because <laughs> I can't be on location in a room without something that has a face. Like, <laughs> like I, have to, I have to have something that has a face. Are you okay? You have a, you have, yeah, still a little, little COVID remnant there. You have a, um, so basically what you're telling me is you have an on-location uh, comfort companion in the form of a teddy bear. Does this teddy bear go with you on every shoot or is it a new teddy bear every time? This is actually a new one because I lost <laughs> the last one <laughs> and I don't know where he is. And this one is actually, I looked for a teddy bear, but it's actually a dog. But I, I did. I purposefully <laughs> was packing to go for four weeks and I had to go out to buy a new stuffed animal to take with me and um it was part of my like getting stuff to pack was my new stuffed animal now does the dog have a name he does he doesn't yet (laughs) well we should fix that by the end of this episode i almost want you to think okay sorry almost what i almost said hank because that's my dog's name so i almost i think Hank, Hank is good. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a sensible substitute. Yeah. It's too bad you couldn't bring your pups with you. Oh, it's so hard. And I know you, you have your doggies, and you know how hard it is to be away from, from them. It's really, really, really hard. And I feel like they are forgetting about me, and they don't know that That's I love not them. true. Oh. They're going to be so excited to see you when you get back. I and, hope so. And you're going to get back, and you're going to get back on set. Anna... You're near the, you're not too far from where you grew up. Is that correct? Yeah, that's very correct. I actually spent five years in this town in Winston-Salem. I went to college Oh, that's right. I didn't think about that. So you went to, tell us what college that was. I went to the University of the North Carolina School of the Arts for my senior year of high school and for all four years of college. Hello. I forgot that NCSA was also a high school, like much like Interlochen, where I where I went. Interlochen, not a college, but it is a high school. So you must have then been at an early age, like I gotta I gotta get on stage. Yes, definitely. I mean, my sister, uh, who's seven years older than me, she was also very interested in acting, um, and started you know, taking acting classes. And I was in second grade, and I was like, "What is she doing? I want to do that!" And immediately. Like my parents put me into acting class when I was like really very, very, very young. Um, and we would just like recite poems at the front of the class and stuff, but it was something that I always knew I wanted to do. 
And um, yeah, yeah, I've been acting since like, I guess, second grade from South Carolina is where I'm originally What was your from. first role? What was your first role? My very first role was in a, uh, like a, like a school play. It was like a dare to dare play, like a dare to keep kids off drugs. Um, and I got cast as a drug dealer. edgy right off the bat doing some edgy you're like yeah give me give me now why did you get cast as a drug dealer and how did you play it let's break this down okay great that's a great question what kind of research did you do what was your costume I believe I was like in fourth or fifth grade and speaking of costumes, I was like, I was lost. You know, I didn't know what to, and I remember I went home and I told my mom that I had gotten cast in the play and then I, and I got cast as a drug dealer and I remember her being like, oh, well, that's not, that's really nice. And I remember telling her that it wasn't just me as a drug dealer. I was like in a group of drug dealers. <laughs> so you're not even like a featured drug dealer. No. You're in... You're like in a gang of drug I'm like drug dealer number four. (laughs) (laughs) What were you selling? Gummy, uh, no, jelly beans. They gave us bags of jelly beans. I'm not kidding. To sell. (laughs) And I remember. Were they supposed to be pills? I guess so. Uppers, downers, you know, quaaludes, (laughs) barbiturates. I also feel like PCP was big (laughs) in D.A.R.E. back when we were kids. I mean, I'm older than you, but when I, I remember being like, Hearing a lot about like PCP and angel dust, and not being not being sure yes. about what those things were, but that that came up a lot in Dare, and I'm like, what? Who's getting a hold of this stuff? Yeah, I remember PCP a lot too, and and I'm being like, what? The? Like I'm in fourth grade. What, what am I needing to get like talk about PCP for? Like I don't even know what it stands for now. I don't know what it is now. I just know it's scary, and I need to stay away from it. I kind of wish I had some. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't don't do drugs, kids. I asked my mom though, what should I wear? And and we we finally settled. <laughs> because listen, my mom doesn't own a pair of blue jeans, okay? Like so <laughs> I bought my mother her only pair of blue jeans cuz she is a classy southern lady. And she Got took it. them to go get tailored and all of this stuff. So finally we settled on me wearing cut-off denim shorts. <laughs> okay. Because that, in your mom's eyes, like, this is what trash dress is like. Hot trash, yes. This is what, mm-hmm. yeah, somebody who's selling drugs is going to wear cut-off denim shorts for sure. Fake mustache? Did you did you gender, did you go re- reverse gender casting on this one? I don't think at that time in South Carolina they were really accepting of, of, of that. It. or Yeah, so uh-huh. I, I was just me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hat. Any kind of like other accoutrements, hat. any signal, oh, yeah. Definitely had a hat, and I, I think at the, I, I'm having a vague memory now. Or I'm hoping I'm not just making this up because I'm having a memory of like the last minute before walking out on stage, taking the ball cap and t- twisting it around, you know? Yeah. Like going. Making for that it. last, trusting your instincts, <laughs> making that last minute choice. Like you know what? I do think, I do think she do this. Yeah, being like, I, I should do it. No, wait, yeah, just do it, boom. And then, like, walking out and going, aren't you glad that you, like, felt that rush of, like, maybe this is wrong, but maybe this could be oh so right. Taking a risk? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I think Someone appreciated it. I think Somebody appreciated it out there. Yeah, they they didn't buy my drugs because, you know, part of the play was to say no, but I definitely tried my best. 
I remember one time in uh, one of my school plays or pageants, I had to sing a solo, which was unfortunately Dixieland. No, uh, in no. retrospect, has not aged well. No. And I messed up the lyrics, and I got through it and walked back to the risers, and I started crying Aww. because I was I like the the like I crashed emotionally and started Aww. crying, and I was standing in the front row, and one of the uh, <laughs> one of the <laughs> Choreography was like we were we were like putting our hands past our faces, and I was like, "All right, as my hand as my arm passes my face, I'll just wipe my tears away, and no one will notice." <laughs> but it was just turned into it was could not be more obvious that I got embarrassed and started crying in front of that's, a my classmates and every parent out there. That's beautiful, Michael. That's absolutely <laughs> beautiful, though. Like that, you have to write that and put that into a show or something, please. That's that's beautiful. I should. I mean, a part of me felt like I should quit then and there, but I persevered. So you, when? So you started as a drug dealer. Started. Started off, and then obviously you got you got the taste for it. You got hooked. What was? <laughs> Like, what was growing up doing theater like where you were at? How did you make the transition from from school stuff to, like, okay, now I'm going to high school for this? Um, Well, uh, I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina, where I got my drug dealer first part. Um, And there was a really great community, like, theater community there. So there's this um, awesome school that I started taking classes at called Workshop Theater, it was after school, like not connected to the school at all, where my sister was taking classes with this amazing teacher named Mary Jeffcoat. Shout out to Mary. She's an incredible, incredible teacher, one of my very first teachers, um, and just was taking classes, and, and they also put on plays, so it was like a community theater. Um, and I auditioned for Annie, and I did not get in. <laughs> really upset. Wow. Big bummer. They're like, sorry, no one sells any drugs in this play. Apparently, I was just too edgy, right, for Annie. Yeah. Uh, they saw that performance, and they were like, I don't know. She doesn't <laughs> seem to be the right fit for Annie. I auditioned for that community theater actually a lot. Like, there was a, another play called Ruthless that I crushed that audition for, like, the lead musical, like, a little girl. I did not get in. I was in my room for a week. I was so devastated, so disappointed. And then they were doing The Crucible. And um, I was too young. I was just a little too young. This is high school to play Abigail. And I really wanted to play Abigail, but they cast a college student. But I got cast as Mercy Lewis. So it was my first Mm. big community theater role in like a pretty adult you know a controversial play Arthur Miller I mean like I was kind of even just starting to really appreciate literature and Shakespeare and really good theater and really good playwrights Um, so that was my very first community theater role another uh, rabble rouser in the community so (laughs) we're seeing some early oh no some early trends so that I that must have been so relieving to finally get and you must have really wanted this because I feel like for a lot of kids if you miss one or two parts or don't even get cast that might push you into giving up mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely I mean I um, I was like determined 
after all of the no's, um, I mean, there were other auditions, too, where, where my parents got me, uh, like, a couple of movie auditions they read about in the paper. Oh, like, wow. So you were doing, like, going out for professional stuff, too, at that age. I was. I went out for um, a local casting call for the Prince of Tides to play Barbara Streisand's, one of their children, and Nick Nolte's children. Did not get cast in that. I went out for another movie role. Did not get cast. I went out for The Patriot. They were doing a, a whole casting call for Mel Gibson's The Patriot. Did not get that. Um, but yeah, I was. I, I became kind of obsessed with it. It just became. I don't know. I like. I can close my eyes now and just think about. I've never really not known a time that I didn't want to be an actor and want to like book a job. <laughs> wow, that's great. I mean, that's awesome too, looking back. I mean, I'm sure it's hard, but like that, that, that you got so many no's at such a young age and you, you persevered, you know what I mean? I feel mm-hmm. like that's gotta give you, do you carry any of that with you still today? Do you feel like that? I mean, I'm, you get a lot of work obviously, but are you, are you still getting those no's and getting, you know, that fire under you? This is like such a great question. And I don't think I've ever really thought about like my past contributing to where I'm at right now. But um, definitely, I, I get a lot of no's. I get way more no's than I get yeses. I mean, this like I, every week recently, I've been like, should I quit? Should I quit? Should I quit? And then there's something in me that's like, but you've come this far, like you, you're you gonna work, but but there's there's far more no's than there are yeses all the time. And each time it sucks so bad, it doesn't change. But that fire and that hunger to want to get that yes has, it, it's, it's still there. I mean, it's definitely hard, but it's still there. What is the thing? What are you after? Like what? Is if if you imagine a moment in your future where because I can and we were, we're going to go down your IMDb and I mean like you've been working consistently like I remember after season two of True Blood when we both stepped away from the show for a minute and I remember being like hey I got a job and you're like I got a job I got a job I got a job and I was like damn Anna's like really taking off and I feel like your trajectory has not I'm sure it feels different for everybody but like from someone standing outside it's just like boom 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 like I feel like you I've really been excited in watching your career take off and um so what is it like when are you gonna go all right now I've achieved what young Anna back home uh my young Drug deal dealing, <laughs> PCP dealing, witch accusing, uh, <laughs> character actor. You know, like when when is it enough for you? What, what what's the goal here? Wow, um, I think I don't know how really people perceive me, and I know I shouldn't really care. But in this business, it is has a lot to do with how people perceive you and how um and and that in turn will open up opportunities for stronger more um deeper roles i i don't know how the industry sees me but i don't i this is i've never really said this out loud i don't think that i don't know if i'm taking seriously as an actress Mm. in this what do you mean how so um 
I think that I, I, I've had to say no to a lot of like similar roles lately that I just creatively am like completely maxed out of doing like the type A pitch perfect um, blonde, not very smart or, or, or just like that typical role where I just um, I'm like creatively I can't do that anymore because there's like so much more that I want to do and want to show people that I can do so I think that like once I get a role and people get to see that role and they go oh my god like like that's not the girl that I was watching all these years like Anna Camp is more than just who I thought she was I think that's when I'll start to go at least crack open the feeling of take, being taken seriously as an actress in this business. Yeah, and as, <clears throat> as we're sitting here, excuse me, you know, uh, I've, I've noticed, and I haven't seen you since you've changed your hair color, but now you have brown hair. You're, mm -hmm. not, doing the, you're not doing blonde hair. Is this a conscious choice that you're like, all right, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make them see me a little bit differently here. Yeah, I, I definitely got this uh, a job where I where I hope that people are gonna start to like see in this like amazing movie where I had to dye my hair. They didn't they didn't ask me to, but I was like, fuck it, I'm doing this. Like I want to like go there, um, and I'm in the middle of kind of taking the wheel and like steering my career into that direction, um, and hopefully kind of. Um, shattering the perception of, of what people see me or how they saw me before or um, perhaps I'm just sort of bored of those roles so I've grown out of them and I'm just like I would rather work on things that nobody sees but like continue to sort of change my creative journey and and just do different types of roles so yeah it definitely like happened by by getting this this job but now I'm like I'm not going back blonde for a long time and I'm gonna say no to the, those roles like it's so while. crazy I mean this is also like <clears throat> I also feel like this is a, a a problem that women have to deal with in this business because like you don't hear men talking about like, oh, my hair color determines the <laughs> no. type of person that I'm or role I'm going to play. Never. Like that doesn't fucking happen. No. Right. So it's crazy also that, you know, I mean, I would say you play the type A part. So, well, there was some of that in, obviously in Pitch Perfect mm -hmm. and in True Blood. Mm -hmm. I never thought of you being that being connected to the color of your hair you know what i mean mm -hmm. but I, I obviously i can see how that's like a type mm -hmm. but it's crazy to me you know mm -hmm. what i mean that that's how you get pigeonholed oh yeah a hundred percent and i've even seen people uh like recently like i'm like producers or casting people and they'll be like you changed your hair and i go i know i did right i go i'm loving it i'm really loving it and they go okay okay, and I can tell that it kind of makes people uncomfortable. Like certain people, like uh, recently, where, where they're like, but but you were that. You were that person. And you were We could type I, you. Yeah. We could type you so well right here. Yeah, and weren't you comfortable like in that place because you're Anna Camp, the blonde girl, and you were working all the time. And um, there's like this amazing like role where you get to sort of play – you know, Sarah Newland mixed with Aubrey, like, wouldn't that be great? And I'm like, I, I, I can't physically, I, I like can't do that anymore. Maybe one day I'll go back to it, but I just like, as a person, I, I, 
I can't even approach a role like that. I just, it makes my head hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know? I feel like people don't even know, maybe the general audience doesn't know that you've also done a ton of theater. Like you spent time, you know, doing theater in New York, you know, and mm -hmm. I would imagine playing more of a range of roles in theater than maybe you've gotten a chance to on screen. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you're a hundred percent right. No, I, I've definitely like where I, where I feel like I've gotten the best roles of my life have been on stage in New York and people have no idea. And they only see me as Aubrey from Pitch Perfect. And I don't want to like rag on that too much. Cause that definitely changed my career in like an amazing way. Um, but I, I don't consider my, like I, that was just a job that I auditioned for, right? Like I didn't go to college thinking I'm going to play the uptight blonde girl forever. No, I like was on, on uh, stage d doing a play actually in New York and auditioned for Pitch Perfect. And it was just like a job that I like happened to get. I'm super grateful that I got it, but that definitely put me on a path and in a lane in Hollywood where people were like, oh, she's from the teen movie where she plays the bitch. <laughs> mm -hmm. And now I have to work really hard to dig myself out of that niche little character type. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like part of the thing you want, you know, is to have the thing, have the hook that people can go, okay, great, we know exactly where to fit you because that puts you in demand. You know, one of the things that I feel like has gotten in my way as an actor is I'm sort of not quite enough one of anything. So sometimes that helps because they'll be like, oh, we don't, we can't find the right person for this. So you kind of fit, fit mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. just by, just by being sort of out in a, in a couple different columns, you know? So sometimes I'm mm -hmm. like, boy, I wish I was way more leading man or I wish I was way more charactery because sometimes I'm caught between those But you're roles, far so. more interesting than any of those types. Like, that's the oh. thing. But 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 you are, but, but that means you're so much more versatile. But I understand what you're saying about that. Like, it could be easier if you were just that type or I feel like that same for me is like, I, I'm not like a model-y actress, right? I'm not like that girl, but I'm also not like the character-y like gal, you know what I mean? So I just, it, it, in some ways it makes it harder, but when that right role comes along for you and and for me, hopefully, it'll go, oh, and and everybody will, it'll like happen and then and people will see us for like the talented people that we are. And I, because <laughs> you are, you're like far, far more interesting than any like you sort of go you could go any way in any of those like roles so well i think so. i i would i would thank you and i but i i think you exemplify that as well i mean just working together on true blood you know there was some magic there with you me and i felt ryan yeah. especially where i was like oh i am for sure playing with two actors that don't you know and there's a perfect case right <clears throat> quantin was like you know had rolled out of like the WB surfer role, yeah. you know, here's a guy who is, you know, a body, you know, yeah. cast probably to be shirtless and a lot of stuff. Definitely. You like Australian, you would... like perfect looking. Yeah. And turns out to be one of the funniest, most creative, weirdest. Yes. You yes. know, actors I've ever worked with who on each take, would give you a different read, a different intention on the line without being prompted to. 
and it kept everything so fresh and you were the same way i was like Mm -hmm. oh i can throw any ball over to you and you will you'll like catch it and throw it right back Mm -hmm. in a very fun and unexpected way i don't know if there's ever been a moment um where i've clicked so quickly with a co-star than i than i i think i did with you on on that set man i know i know it happened so fast it happened like the first day at the table read where I was like, oh my God, like my dream scene partner is like right here. Like, oh my God, like the possibilities are going to be endless because we just felt so comfortable around each other. We were both talented. We both got the tone so well of that show. And I think that we were both like just perfectly cast as those parts. And then adding Ryan in, I think that was the great thing about True Blood in general is that there was some kind of magical casting where everybody was such smart game interesting weird actors like it was just like i mean i i haven't i haven't had another experience like that like at all in my career and honestly like on a tv just watching a tv show like i that that's an incredible thing that only happens i i hope more than once in a lifetime i don't know but yeah yeah it was it was magic it really was. I've worked with other great casts <laughs> and people that I've that I've clicked with, but like mm-hmm. nothing like that ensemble. And 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 yeah, weird. Like weird. Weird in a good way. But yeah. everyone was everyone was kind of weird in their own way. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think they brought an element of I don't want to say unchecked creativity, but everyone had a point of view that they were bringing to their parts. How did you get cast in True Blood? Oh. How did okay. that role come about? Great question. Um, I, what was I, uh, so I had an audition for, um, the character of Suki. Yeah, played by the amazing Anna Paquin. So I was in my first pilot season in LA. I was living in New York at the time and I was on stage doing a play called Equus on Broadway. And with Daniel Radcliffe, correct? With the Daniel Radcliffe, yes. Yeah, I remember this production. Yes, he was. He, I, I mean, he, I didn't see it, but I remember what. Didn't it was see like. it. Darn. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> That's okay. Um, uh, it was a great production. Um, I was with Jenna Radcliffe, and he's just the best. And I guess a guy named Alan Ball came to see the show, um, and I had I put my 